They're all saving one, or most of them, most of the Hampshire fielders are saving one. Somerset need one run. It's Edwards to Hildreth. He's there and bowls Hildreth, and he gets the run away through the onside, and Somerset have won. They've won the Royal London One Day Cup. Hello, good evening. You're listening to Always Look on the Bright Side of Life. This is the Somerset Cricket Podcast. I'm Ian Shepherd. Joining me this evening, I've got Steve Tancock, Dan Kingdom, and the voice of cricket on BBC Radio Somerset, Anthony Gibson. And we're joining you after Somerset have played, well, they completed one game against Yorkshire, which they uh, they won thanks to a magnificent innings from James Hildreth. And then two of our number made a rainy trip up to uh a distinctly uh, soppy Welbeck colliery ground to watch about, what was it, about 20 overs of uh, the Nottinghamshire game before that one was abandoned. Um, Dan, did you get put up in a salubrious Premier Inn like Anthony, or were you up there? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> did you drive up in the morning? We were up and back on, in the day, I and mean, it was a long day of driving. We spent so much of the day in the car, because obviously it was three and a half hours up, three and a half hours back, plus sitting in the car while it was raining. Um, so... Yeah, it was a long day, but I mean, I don't regret going because, you know, I got to tick off a new outground and um, it's a nice little ground and got to see 20 overs, got to see Ned Leonard make his Somerset oh, debut. Oh, Ned Leonard. Not many Somerset fans will be able to say that. Um, yeah, it was good fun. He, got he, was good about. Too, he was good, Dan. Leonard, yeah. he had one over, but it was a very impressive over. Yeah, yeah. I think, yeah, overall, I think we all bowled quite well. I think Drissel was... Um, uh, you know, kept it tight, didn't he, for a few overs. Um, we got Trigo out. I think, was it Baker who got tr- Yeah, Baker got Trigo, didn't he? And, uh, Slightly contentious and LBW, wasn't it? Judging by re- Trigo's reaction, it was a very mm. contentious. I, I wasn't in any position to judge it, but uh, hardly anyone in Somerset appealed. <laughs> yeah. Lewis Goldsworthy appealed from backward point. I think that's about it. He's a very, very good judge of an LBW from point, <laughs> is, is little Lewis. <laughs> You can certainly tell if it's going over the top or not because he's it'll be about the right height to judge that. <laughs> Shouldn't be mean, sorry. But yeah, it was yeah, very disappointing. Very disappointing because winning the toss, we were in a great, you know, it's one of one of those games mm. where if the rain had relented mm. a bit, winning the toss could have meant winning the match. Mm. But uh, once it set in, it set in and it just got heavier and heavier and heavier. Yeah, 92 for two off 21 overs when it was uh, eventually called off. Slater and Montgomery uh, put on a bit of a partnership. They were going well. So it could have, is one of those totals where it could have gone either way. Yeah. A couple of quick wickets and we'd have been right on top. But if those two had kept going, it could have been uh, it could have been a different story. Um, were you involved? Did you pay much attention to that one, Steve? Or were you, uh, you still out, well, you out and about? It was the first. No, no, we were we were back home, and my plan was to do all the post-holiday unpacking and watch, listen. And by the time I think I got to hear Anthony and Brace do about three overs, and then then it started to rain. So I was I was probably not quite as gutted as Dan and Anthony having made the journey, but having been denied access to the first two games of the group was pretty uh, pretty hacked off by not having a game, but uh, made up for it on Sunday though. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that one was rain affected as well. Uh, we lost sixty overs out of the game, which seems a hell of a long time for the amount of time that it seemed like it was it was wet. But we eventually got a got underway at half past three. We'll chat about uh, the umpires and uh, the communication of that uh, of that decision a bit later. But um, 
Hildy, in his own words, said, I'm just going to go out there and smash it. And boy, <laughs> did he go out there and smash it. <laughs> yeah, he had a bit of luck. He was he was put down when he had 19. Mm -hmm. um, not the most difficult chance in the world, either for, by uh, Gary Balance. And he takes and, a lot of catches, Gary Balance. He, he if does. you look at the catching charts, he's right up there. But it was it, it was a typical um, James Hildreth T Twenty innings where he just goes for everything, you know, goes dancing down the pitch and and flings his bat at it and just hopes that <laughs> hopes that it doesn't end up in the hands of a fieldsman somewhere. I mean, that's a bit unkind, but he is a bit. Um, Jonathan Dolage, my co-commentator, called him harem scarem in in that form of cricket, and I think that's that's about right. But it came off and. Uh, you know, it was it was a good win. We shouldn't have let them get so many many runs as they did. Uh, the the bowling at the back end was was poor. Uh, Casey Aldridge had a had a had a poor game um, because you know, but they were what were they seventy odd seventy six for five at the halfway stage. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah, eighty nine for five in the thirteenth over. So they got what another seventy in that time. Um, they went ten and over for about the last seven or eight overs. Yeah, Matt and, Reeves and, and Will Luxton fifty eight and thirty one out respectively. Yeah, but looking at looking at the fields that they had, they they had all their men out behind behind square. So you had a point, third man fine leg, and a sort of a square leg mid wicket. So the plan was obviously to to bowl back of a length and short and to not give them anything to drive um, but I think Hildy said right. in his interview it was, a, it was a funny sort of T20 because you had these adapted fielding regulations from the 50 yeah. over game which you don't get in a T20 so yeah we're just the four men out for, for the middle over it, it's interesting isn't it because as, as ever you look at social media and there's um, and you'll all know the people I'm referring to and I won't name them but there's always the negativity out there and, you know, I saw a comment earlier today, which was, oh, we've been really lucky in the competition so far. We haven't bowled very well. and We've lucked out to chase down a couple of them. But actually, I look at it the other way. And I look at it, this to me, this is all money in the bank. Because, OK, Casey Aldridge didn't have a particularly good game. But it's, it's a game that he's had that didn't go particularly well. And that's experience. And surely the confidence they've got from, you know, it eases the pressure on the bowlers if they think, OK, we can still chase this down. Uh, yeah, we're going to, of course, we're going to come a cropper. It's unreasonable to expect them to go through the group unbeaten. That would be a stellar achievement. But I look at it that four games in, the amount of experience that these guys are getting. Mm -hmm. In front know, of a full and, house as well. It's yeah. all very well yeah. playing, York, uh, playing Yorkshire seconds down at the at the Vale with one man and a dog watching, but to do it mm -hmm. in front of a full house at Taunton. Did you hear that at Lords? Full house at Taunton. Mm -hmm. None of the tickets given away, by the way, ECB. It wasn't buy a packet of crisps and get two tickets. <laughs> <laughs> Just talking about Aldridge, I mean, his figures on Sunday, four overs, two for 46. That's not disastrous in the context of a T20 at Taunton, is it? No, but they, they, it really was pretty much a Yorkshire second team, mm. you know, apart from, apart from Gary Banners, and he got himself out. And, and uh, you know, um, it wasn't bad, wasn't bad, but he didn't seem, whatever the plan was, he didn't seem to be bowling to it. I couldn't work, I mean, I agree with, with you, Ian, that, that on the face of it, the back of a length and make them hit square of the wicket with, 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 with men out, but... You know, one if you bowl too short on Taunton pitches, you just it's just meat and drink to even half decent batsman. And he just didn't. He was he was there was he kept angling it in at the right handers, 
short of a length, aim, you know, c coming in towards leg stump. And all they had to do was just, you know, shovel it o over their shoulders for, for four or six. I mean, it was, you know, I don't know. He, he, just said, he just had an off day. But I didn't think they had a very clear idea of how they wanted to go. Or if there, if there was a clear idea, <laughs> it wasn't particularly apparent to those who were mm. watching. But, uh, but um, yeah, it was, yeah, it was a good one. And somebody said to me uh, today, oh, you've been watching Somerset Seconds in the 50 over. And I really quite resented that because mm. I think you know, this, is, this is a good side. There are some very, very good cricketers uh, in it. And I don't regard them as second 11 cricketers at all. I regard them as first 11 cricketers in waiting. They will, they will get their chance. And I think everyone that, we've, everyone that I've seen so far, George Drissel I haven't seen enough of, really. Um, but with, with that exception, certainly the young fast bowlers, James Rue, Sam Young, you know, they've all got what it takes to be you know, um, proper first-class cricketers. Yeah. Um, and, and what you've got to remember is at the start of the season, Lewis Goldsworthy was in that cohort. And yeah. now he's... He's a fixture in the championship side and and one of our go-to players in the other two competitions. Yeah. And that development, okay, that development happened because of necessity and they had to bring somebody through and whatever. But you know, I don't I wouldn't be particularly alarmed if at the start of the championship <laughs> one more of those in any position had to be inside after the the experience that they've got out of this. You know. Mm -hmm. And it, the other difference, Anthony, is that you are putting a lot of youngsters in together. It's not like Goldsworthy was brought in with the first team around him. You know, they're having to stand up and take responsibility. I just think it's so impressive and huge credit to the pathway and all the work that's being done um, to build this up. And, and it is the envy of the rest of the country. Yeah. Yeah. Can't argue with that. Th yeah. Goldsworthy uh, think... opening the bowling on Sunday, four overs, one for 17. So. Really, really, I think is that the first time he's opened the bowling in a twenty over game. So. Yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah. yeah, I'm seeing. And so I was just going to say as well. Um, going back to the second eleven team thing, it's just I think it's just to some extent people like to just generalise and call it a development competition or a second eleven competition, but it's it's just in between second and first eleven. You know, a lot of the players we've got are not necessarily first choice in this format, but they're guys like Eddie Byram, um, George Bartlett, Ben Green. You know who. They're not second eleven, as Anthony said. They're not second eleven players. They are maybe not first choice in this format if everyone was available. But they are good players who have played a fair bit of cricket for Somerset, and they probably will play a lot more in the future. You know, it's, so it's it's just a mixture, and I think people can't get their head around that because it's a grey area. It's not black and white, all second eleven, first eleven. It's just but a mix. I think if the assumption are... they're making, Dan, is that that Somerset have lost nine, ten players. So therefore, this must—it's a mathematical exercise. You take ten out of eleven. There's only one left. So it must be the second team. But you know, you know, you know, from football, successful football teams have a first team squad of seventeen, eighteen, and yeah. that's what we're demonstrating. We've got, and you know, that other counties that were really fancied in this competition at the moment are not performing to that level. I was just going to make that exact point, Steve. If you if you're on the bench. For a football game as a substitute, you're still a first team player, a first eleven player. Yeah. You're just not playing today. You're not a reserve who's been called up because you know we're losing players. It's because you are good enough to step into that team if you're needed. And it just so happens that on one particular day, obviously you don't have six substitutes sat on a bench ready to come on in cricket. We all know that. 
but you are there. There's an idea. Of... If we started a new competition, we could do that, couldn't we? We could have subs. Kevin Peterson could announce oh, the subs. Here comes a super sub. They're doing that in the big crash. I'm surprised the hundred hasn't yes. Yeah. We did have it, didn't we? What, oh God, when did that get phased out? The old super sub in one day as. It was uh, in the CB40, wasn't it? You could have one. One sub at some point. I can't. Yeah, it was a stupid idea. I remember in ODIs. In yeah, it always seemed to be perenni- yeah. It was always seemed to be Vikram Solanke for an entire summer, just dragging his coffin around <laughs> various grounds as a super sub and not getting a game. Um, George Drissel was a funny one because he didn't get a bowl on Sunday. Um, well, I think that was because they they picked him on the basis it was going to be a fifty over game, and possibly. when it became game they decided that seam seam up was a better option that's a, that's the only thing i can assume I, I thought he should have been given at least one over yeah know, just to see, just to see how he went because as dan was, was saying, it he bowled pretty well up at up at well bet yeah was it partly also yorkshire's middle order was right handers and i think the balance is a left-hander we got them out quite early um mm. Maybe it's just mm. the fact that there's quite a few right handers and generally you know you know the theories of matchups and stuff so they don't bowl off into right handers too much so I could have been part of it. Was Bartlett dropped or was he injured? Rested. Mm. Rested. Rested. Sorry, is that what they said? We don't drop players yeah. anymore. He didn't say, mm. I don't think he said anything. Uh, um, I didn't ask why he wasn't um, why he wasn't picked. I just assumed he, he was being rested to give James Rue a go because James Rue, I mm. can tell you, was very, very highly rated. Mm-hmm. He looked very oh. good, didn't he? Yeah, he did. Mm. And and good good judges who've seen a lot more of him than I have. So he's the real deal. So there was a little period just at the start where he was batting together with Sam Young, and I was just afraid that they were going to get a little bit bogged down, and we were just going to get stuck for three or four overs. But pretty much as soon as I tweeted that, they uh, the shackles came off. I think Sam Young. They were the ones that injected yeah. the pace into the innings, really, weren't they? Hildreth yeah. just carried yeah. on that momentum. I said exactly the same on commentary as Ian's just said. I was worried that you know they they were getting getting bogged down and then they'd feel that they have to take risks and then they'd get themselves out but actually you know they accelerated really you know quite smoothly played some played some some imaginative shots and some you know thoroughly good cricket shots as well what what gratifies me is and, and this is partly bigging myself up that we started on the blog doing seconds watch at the start of the season which mike unwin's done a lot of work for me on but you having watched Rue and Young and various others in that, they have made runs in pressure situations. In, okay, as you said, Ian, in front of well, it was in front of no men and one dog at the, the other grounds this season, obviously behind closed doors games. But they have made runs where the games had a pressure situation quite often. Rue, especially, Rue, Rue has come in at six when we've been 40 odd for four several times and made runs. And it's just great to see that he's just translating that into, you know. And I'd, I'd pick him again for the Oval on Thursday. I mean, I don't definitely. Yeah, uh, I'm just really uh, the negativity is I'm really worried about George Bartlett and Eddie Byram now. That was going to be I'm, my I'm, next. Topic my George Bartlett love is the same as Dan's Eddie Byram love, and it worries me greatly at the moment. I hope this is just a a blip but well, you know you always think about the Lathwells and people like that of, of old and worry don't you to bring this into a slightly more bittersweet context as well a, a Facebook memory popped up on my phone today <laughs> of uh, it being two years to the day since Eddie Byron played that uh, extraordinary innings against Surrey to see us over the yep. line so Dan's, Dan's beaming now <laughs> if you ever 
<laughs> he's brought a tear that was a to good his day. eye. He's brought a tear <laughs> to his eye. Um, but yeah, we were sort of saying before the Royal London started that the, if you like, the junior senior batsmen in Bartlett and Byron, this was going to be a big tournament for them. And we were expecting mm-hmm. them to step up and score a lot of runs. And, and so far, um, neither have um, have really delivered, have they, Dan? Well, let's remember with Byron, he's only been dismissed twice. First inning, first first match, he was not out. Second match, yeah, that was disappointing. You know, he had an opportunity there against Morgan after those early wickets um, to make a few, and he made ten off twenty-four in the last game. Yeah, it, it was he came in right at the end, and you know, he hold out trying to finish it or get very close to the end. So I think we've got to give him a bit more time. Really, you know, he's effectively had one innings where he's had a, a chance to score some standard runs, and he hasn't. So you've got to give him a bit mm-hmm. bit of a sample size of innings before sort of writing him off. And yeah, with Bartlett, he's just he sort of carried his poor form in the championship in T20 into this tournament hasn't he again there's only two innings and he, he I thought he looked okay against Derbyshire but he's still on that off stump line I think isn't he mm-hmm. his guard so he's not doesn't seem to have changed it and it's still still not quite working and now he's not even in the team so I mean I wonder if the, the, the fact that he's not in the team indicates he's sort of behind the scenes working on his technique you know um, mm. but yeah I can't see him coming back in for Thursday, uh, Ru will stay, so he may not get many more chances in this tournament. Yeah, I think. Should we keep the same size for Thursday at the Oval? Well, they, I think they might rotate Bartlett for Byram. See what I mean? Okay. Um, yeah. So not, not again. Just rejig the batting order a little bit. Bartlett, just to give Bartlett a chance to show what he can do, um, mm. which you know would would you know, be reasonable. It wouldn't sort of cast aspersions on either of them in, in, in that case but as Dan was saying they both they both need to show what they can do in this form of the game because I would have thought both of them are, are quite well suited to it you know they're naturally mm-hmm. is an attacking batsman George Bartlett likewise I think George Bartlett's just got himself in a bit of a technical muddle yeah uh, you know yeah, that run stuff. without three times out of four leaving straight balls Exactly. Yeah, you know, Which, uh, I just he just needs to sort himself out, like a lot of other mm-hmm. England top order batsmen. Just get in the net and hit some balls. Mm, yeah, standing, and, taking middle and leg. Guard. Yeah, exactly. Not trying mm. to play it all around your front pad. Yeah. Uh, yeah so our our net. Well, we're, well, just to bring you up to date with the table, then uh, Glamorgan won today, so they've picked us or uh, to top spot via net run rate. Although we have played a game fewer. Uh, than our neighbours over the seven bridge. So Glamorgan uh, top with seven, Somerset second with seven, Notts on five, Yorkshire on five, Surrey on five, uh, and then uh, Warwickshire, Northants, Leicester and Derby uh, bringing up the rear. So a big game uh, for Surrey on Thursday. If they win that, they would uh, join us at the top of the table and if we win it, we could uh, really pull away and uh, start to book our place in that semi-final uh, that semi-final spot, just to remind you, in the one-day cup, the uh, winners of the two groups automatically go through to the semi-finals and second and third uh, playoff in the quarters to face them. Uh, so we got yes, yeah, Surrey on Thursday. Then we are up at Wantage Road on Sunday, and then home to Leicester on Tuesday. And then the group stage finishes off. Upper Edgbaston on the twelfth. So we've got four games. There's some 
there's some nice symmetry there Ian because this this weekend coming last year we were at Wantage Road and that was almost a one day game wasn't it because mm-hmm. it was I think that wasn't that the game that Tom Lamanby was out twice on the first yeah, day twice, but, think, yeah two yeah. ducks mm. in a day oh, two one, ducks in a day one, one was it and two, then one of the duck wasn't it yeah, and we finished the group stage at Edgbaston, and of course we now know we finished Division One at Edgbaston as well. So, Edgbaston by the end of the season could very well be my favourite cricket ground in the whole world, rather than being my least favourite. <laughs> Although I think I might have blagged blagged a, a visit to the school box at Edgbaston because Polly Rhodes messaged me to say it's probably the best school box in the country. So we can, if we, if all the Somerset fans can get in the school box with Polly, we're sorted. But there are several thousand of us. It might be a bit to squeeze, but Polly's not you never the, know. Polly's not in the porter cabin anymore, is she? She's back, no. back up properly. Yeah, she's in the press box. Yeah. We're in. The, I'm in the. I'm in the scorers box, and the uh, the live stream commentators are in the commentary box. So, so Polly's still down oh. in the press tent then. No, she's in the press box. Oh, the press box, right? With the in the press tent. <laughs> This goes back to what I said to Ben Warren last week about if you just had a hand in designing the Tres Pavilion eight or nine years ago when it was being built, you'd have probably added three or four more studios and press boxes up there. Because from what I gather, it's a little bit shoulder to shoulder up there at the moment. It is. I think what they should do, Anthony, is build you a potting shed up on the roof there. That'd be nice. (laughs) You could invite Edward Bevan down to ceremonially (laughs) open it with you. Or you you could get your own pod like they got for the T20s on Sky Oh, that would be nice. Oh, I'd say we could have nice, like a nice a, green and green and purple colour scheme. Yeah, I'd say we'll, so have a, we'll have a blue, pe- we'll have a blue Peter style competition. Listeners, if you want to design Anthony a, a pod <laughs> slash caravan, uh, send them into the Somerset Podcast at gmail dot com. And the, uh, the do we have we got badges like Blue Peter had badges? Well, I don't know. You could send them an orange Trade Nation baseball cap in because you've probably got a few of those. Oh, I don't know where it's gone. Trade Nation will probably be sending me a Ferrari in the next few days as well. They just seem to be sending. Um, Yeah, we'll we'll uh, we'll we'll figure out a prize whether it's a couple of cans of Thatchers or something like that. I don't know. The good Dan clearly has the good Dan clearly is more. Dan's clearly more downcast about not having any Trade Nation merch than I am, judging by the expression (laughs) on his face, doesn't it? Well, your dad got an iPad, didn't he, Dan? Does he let you on? Uh, yeah, yeah. My dad got an iPad, and oh. Uh, oh. he got a couple of. We got a ball and a hood. Did he get the hoodie in the end? I think he got a hoodie. And we were going to get some deck chairs, but they never arrived. Oh um, no! Still, <laughs> oh, no. Ian hasn't got a deck chair, Dan. That's with, be with the riot best now. win in the world to Trade Nation. We're ever so grateful for their sponsorship, but. I don't think many the the trade nation orange would kind of fit with most people's garden decor. Somehow, <laughs> I've got I've got a suggestion in San Francisco. Bear with me on this. In San Francisco, the Giants baseball team play in orange. That's their home colour. Mm-hmm. And San Francisco during the baseball season have orange Fridays, and everybody in San Francisco pretty much whereas if even if it's not a, a giant t-shirt or shirt wears orange so i think trade nation should say that during the cricket season we should have orange fridays in Toulton. i think that'd be great 
They're Orange Fridays anyway because they literally give everybody a free baseball cap and they probably give everybody a free T-shirt as well. Dan, Anthony and I haven't got them, so that's not everybody. And so, you know. Going back a few years when Chris Gale was here, I saw somebody uh, tweeted something along the lines of Chris Gale is currently 63% of the way through his mission to be bought a drink by everybody in the Southwest. And I think the same (laughs) is true for Trade Nation and trying to give every single Somerset member an iPad by the time their sponsorship deal comes to an end. So, are you entering the competition, Steve? Are you entering no. trade in, trade out? Why are you got to be in it to win it? I am loyal to Mr. Gibson's commentary, so I, I have the, the, the video on and the audio. And to be fair with my, I find it quite tricky to sync up. So once I've got it synced up, there's no way I'm shifting from anything else. <laughs> I think the lesson we've learned is... You can send me the check in the post later, Gibbo. The lesson we've learned is you need to get some more giveaways on the go, Anthony. Yeah, yeah. I'll I'll leave that to the BBC BBC, uh, bean counters to sort out. I think the BBC cricket budget might be going elsewhere at the moment, Chef, to be honest. What What, what are you talking about? Yeah. Well, can I... Okay, I'm going to say it. I, as I said to you before we started recording, guys, I watched the game at the weekend. It all purely in the interests of research and being open. Steve, I think I can see the thought police coming for you behind your door there. And hold on. And I hated everything apart from Will Smead's knock at the start of the Birmingham Monster Munches innings. I thought it was contrived. Everything was designed to be different for the sake of being different um i absolutely hate the idea that third man is 11 o'clock and long leg is five o'clock or something Not that man it's called third <laughs> yeah um although interestingly i i saw somewhere that mark butcher yesterday was commentating and he gave up on the idea of sets and actually just start carried on calling them five ball overs yeah well they used to be up until about eighteen ninety. Mm. Six or something like that. It was they were five ball overs. They played eight ball in Australia, didn't they? They did, yeah. Oh yeah, really up until about recently. the early eighties yeah. or something. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, Dan. That's really quite recently for for the rest of us. The early eighties. <laughs> have you, Dan? Have you watched any of the ladies hundred? You said you were going. I, to. Well, I've seen bits of it. Yeah, I've not not been avidly watching. Um, obviously, it's in the daytime as well. It's not really the ideal sort of mm, time to watch. No, it's I mean, promoting yeah. women's cricket by putting it on while people are at work and they can't. Oh, oh there we go. See, yeah. yeah. Mm. yeah. I mean, do you... I think it has been quite successful. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the attendance has been quite good, you know, because people come in and people sort of drift in during the women's game for the men's game, and it ends up at the end of the women's game. It's quite good crowds, I think. So um, it's doing good things for women's mm. cricket, no yeah. doubt. But I was, uh, I got, so I, I put the mockers on Will Smead because I was scrolling through uh, my Twitter and, and I'd saw something, oh, Will Smead is 32 not out of 10 balls. So if the Somerset committee are listening, yes, I'm afraid I'm going to have to put myself up for sanctions because I was sat on Gimlet Hill during a Somerset game watching the 100 on my phone. But it was only to watch Will Smead and he did get out the very next ball. So it was probably probably <laughs> only two minutes, at, two minutes at the most. So I'm willing to accept whatever sanctions you, come my way. Have you noticed that if you go on the ECB app and you click on the game, any of the 100 games, it takes you to the app store to download the dedicated app. Yeah. Which 
I just find completely counterintuitive. It's like mm. you, the ECB have developed this app. They've done good things with it because you can get the live streams and that on it now once you signed up. And they're trying to develop this competition, you know, and I, I just deliberately say, so I'm not downloading that. I'm not having that on my phone sort of thing. I just don't get it. The Why they couldn't do is... even just a limited bit of information and then throw you through for more information, you know, like, you download an app for free and then you have to pay 79p to stop the ads or something. Why can't you do that? It just... Uh... It used to be a bit odd with some of their techniques. Like another thing that annoyed me during the blast, they would put match center, you know, where there's, where there's a few games on at once, they, they would tweet, you know, so-and-so is happening and here's the match center. And you click on the match center, then you click on a match and you click live stream and it says, oh, now you have to sign into your premium supporters account. It's like, <laughs> Why yeah. do you need to hide this behind? You know, it, it's just all you need to do is make an account, sign up, whatever. It's, it's all free. But why mm. add an extra barrier to what to to, mm. to people watching the live stream? Like, you know, it's all there on YouTube anyway. But it's just this weird, weird stuff they got going on. Well, I'm trying to look at what's going harder. on. With it. I can't make head nor bloody tail of that. <laughs> Fifty-four. Okay. But versus... can I say going back, going back to the positives in the. In the last four days, five days that I've been able to, I have loved everything about the 50-over competition. I listened to a bit of Glamorgan Surrey and quite a bit of Yorkshire Warwickshire today, and I, I just think it's fantastic. There's obviously, the the not just in Somerset, but around the country, the, the following, the county following has really come out in force. And I actually think that the county clubs are in a way a weird sort of way going to benefit because I think they will have gained more supporters as well just because you know I mean Ben and Spencer did a tremendous job because I know they wanted to get as many people in for the first couple of home games when that other competition was going on the other side of the bridge wow when you consider how many free tickets were apparently dished out in Cardiff what an achievement to get that number of people in the games! Fantastic, absolutely fantastic, and it, every Somerset yeah. supporter, to, you know, deserves great credit for for doing that. And I think we're all we're all really getting payback for it by, by what we're seeing mm. these young kids doing. And it was a really good atmosphere as well. Don't think we had any streakers. Don't think we had any, anybody chucked out for uh, fighting or being too larry. But um, well, with a bunch of Marines there, you'd hope that no. Well, that's be true. Home, yeah. That's true. Although, yeah, well, there was a fight in the car park, but thankfully it was a, a demonstration one between uh, two of the Marines um, working out. I, did, I didn't see it, but I saw pictures of somebody trying to grab a gun off somebody else. So, I'd like to see Nandy Hurry have a just pop in there as well. I'm sure he's still got a few uh, few old tricks tucked up his sleeve. Uh, I bet. Just while we're on the subject of Sunday, these slightly farcical circumstances where we all found ourselves sat in a gloriously sunny county ground with a lovely breeze drifting across the outfield and then about five or six ground staff stood doing not very much in the middle and the umpires saying that play is going to start in an hour's time that's all you're getting supporters thank you absolutely disgraceful in my opinion if there's a problem area they should it's par for the course yeah. as well. I mean, you know, this has happened so many times in in recent years, and all they all they have to do, Mark, Mark Tyler, who does the PA at Taunton, said all I you know all I have to do is arm myself with a roving you know radio mic, and just interview one of the umpires or both of the umpires as they come off after their inspection, 
so that everyone around the ground can hear it and and just say what's what's the situation and then billy taylor whoever it is can say well we'd like to be able to start but there are some wet patches where they brought the heavy machinery in to put up the, the, the floodlight and it's not safe for the fielders at the moment and the last thing we want is for people to get injured and we think if we leave it for an hour in this sunshine it will dry out sufficiently for the play to be safely started and just a proper explanation like that would keep the crowd happy it's when the crowd don't know when it was the conditions look perfectly okay and there's no explanation as to why the why play hasn't restarted and i think people who pay good money to watch cricket deserve a proper explanation of why they're being denied the cricket that they paid for and, and if it's you, not rocket science you know and to make things worse if you can see them actually beavering away on a particular patch of outfield or boulders run-ups or something trying to get them ready all we saw yeah. was the um the super roller sopper the motorized one just sort of doing random patterns around the outfield it wasn't concentrated on a particular area i know the in front of the Colin Atkinson Pavilion, it can get a bit boggy, but it just seemed to be randomly going around the outfield, not doing anything in particular. The ground staff weren't frantically forking away at a particularly damp patch of of, um, of the outfield. So to like you say, Anthony, if you're sat in the crowd, you're going, "What's going on?" Either there's some, if there's a problem area, go and work on the problem area, or get the players out there. And ne neither of that happened, so it was uh, really disappointing. I'm sure there was a good reason why they couldn't start until half past three, but it, that good reason should have been communicated to the watching the five thousand people who paid a lot of money to come and watch cricket. Mm. Thing is, I don't think it's those umpires' fault specifically. I think it's just the culture generally. It's just never a thing to, for the umpires to communicate to the to the um, ground. You know, is it? I, I mean, You're quite right. Yeah, I mean that that is that is the culture, but I don't yeah. see I don't see why in this day and age it should be the culture. Yeah, why exactly. A secret about why the umpires decide, have decided that it's not fit to conditions aren't fit to play. Yeah, yeah and it's if the game was on Sky, I'm sure Rob Key or whoever or Charles yeah. Tagner would be thrusting a microphone, as you yeah. say, Anthony. That Mark Tyler should be allowed to do. So say right, umps, what's going on? What's going on? When are we starting yeah. playing and why aren't we playing now? Exactly. This just brought back horrible flashbacks of that third day against Essex in September yeah. a couple of years ago. My favourite umpire just wandering out, prodding his, his umbrella and wandering back in when it didn't appear to be raining. And kept much. us there till about five o'clock before they yeah, decided to as go well. Off. That was bloody annoying too. <laughs> and then we had a ten minute shower on the Friday that put play back for about four hours, yeah. didn't it? Which was... I mean, he's obviously, he's obviously had his orders from Lords from the phone to stop Somerset playing. To... <laughs> oh, conspiracy theory avenue! Yeah. Conspiracy theory, we love it. Was it Ben saying last week he didn't think there was a conspiracy from the ECB against Somerset? No, that's yeah. not the way we think. We'd always look on the bright side of that's life. That's why they called up Craig Overton. To, Absolutely, uh, cover for uh, for um, Sam Curran, so that in order to deny Somerset his services in the run-in for the county championship, just in case Somerset. Just in case, game. yeah, and they'll end up, yeah, and then they'll end up playing Tom Abel in one of the Test matches, and then saying, "Oh, he's had too much yeah. cricket; he needs to be rested for the final game." <laughs> up at Edgbaston. And then we'll we'll have one of the three young quick bowlers. Sonny Bake will take seven for seventeen or something mm. at Edgbaston and or at uh, Taunton against Lancashire or whatever. That that you can see that going to happen, yeah. and then with. 
the ECB then will have to furrow their brows and work out what they can do to, to stop <laughs> they that. They might sign them all up on development, pace bowler, incremental yeah, contracts definitely. at the start of September and make, say they need resting mm. or something. Do you know what we should do over the winter? We should uh, each come up with a conspiracy theory that we think might happen in 2022 and we'll have a little pool to see who's comes true. Yeah, I like that idea. I'm going to start yeah. thinking about mine now. Um was there anything else we needed to talk about from the Royal London One Day Cup games? Um, anything from you guys? I'd, I'd just like to. Say, I think Ben Green has captained them really well. He's, you know, he's he's a very proactive captain. He talk, talks to his bowlers. Uh, he's clearly, you know, uh, tactically he's setting setting interesting fields. Bowlers aren't always bowling to them, but you know. The, <laughs> The intention uh, is there, and I think I think he's you know he's sort of first among equals for most of most of that side, with the exception of Davis and and Hildreth. They're mm. you know they're a very young side, yeah. and I think he's captained them extremely well. Really showed his worth as a as a squad player over the last yeah. month or so, isn't he? Just filling exactly. it the oval, bowling some tricky overs up there, um, great runs against Glamorgan, and as you say, Anthony, his captaincy has been. More or less spot on for these four yeah. games so far. Yeah. yeah, big big ticks for Ben Green. Yeah, right. Shall we? One do three some... tosses. One three tosses. Yeah, yeah. Already better than Lewis then. Yeah. Right. Shall we pop into some listeners' questions? Uh, right. Where are we? Oh, Lord Lupin, don't ask us this question. If Taunton. We're offered a hundred franchise. Would you embrace? I presume that he means embrace the notion of the hundred franchise coming to Taunton, not us all having a great big hug. Um, well, there is, there is serious talk about a ninth franchise for next season. Next season, that soon. Yeah, for based mm. on Taunton stroke Bristol. It does make sense. It, it is ridiculous that I mean, I'm not. I don't know if I'd embrace a hundred franchise, but it is ridiculous how the West Country has been left out of it, seemingly because they're desperate to emulate the eight teams that the big fascists got. So we've got to have eight teams as well, even if those eight teams don't really cover all the regions of the country. But, yeah. mm. but uh, I suspect it will be based at Bristol rather than Taunton. Mm. God knows why. Well, it's because it's a city. You know, these are city-based franchises and Bristol isn't a city and Taunton with the best school in the world. Well, yeah, but they, you only have to look at Sunday. We sold out for a... I know. Don't want to call it a second eleven game, but I mean, I don't, I don't know that, but I, I just have that sort of feel. I, I do know that on good, good authority that there are serious thoughts being um, given to setting up the ninth franchise because Somerset and Gloucestershire have been disenfranchised almost literally okay. by by the present, and that that sort of has dawned on the ECB eventually. So but that would be another twenty players taken out. No, maybe not. Maybe about uh, 12. 12, 13, but and then you had a few yeah, because there's season factor well. in three overseas players. Yeah, yeah. So that's another twelve players gone out of next season's Royal London One Day Cup, which will make it. Uh, that's basically yeah. one. Yes. Yeah, well, one we don't. Think, we don't even know there's going to be a One Day Cup next year. Do we? They yeah. can't not have a fifty-over no. competition. Can't, yeah, they'll, they'll they? keep it for now. Could they ditch the fifty-over competition though? Do you think they go no. that far? No, no, not yet. I wake up in two years' time and go, oh, there's this World Cup thing coming up that we've got to defend. We need yeah. to do something to give our England players 50 over. Exactly. You know, uh, and then the only 50 uh, over the, cricket being played in the country is at club level. 
the, the big question is, so the World Cup's in October 2023. The question is then, and I think this has been talked about, is whether they're going to make, you know, they're going to move the 50 over in 2023 away from the 100 so that the 50 over tournament in 2023 doesn't crash with the 100. The question is then, are they going to put championship to crash with the 100 or 20 over or play no county cricket and reduce the championship to accommodate the 50 over? You know, there's a few questions ahead. And I think well, Ashley Giles... It's almost like there's but... one competition too many in the calendar. Yeah, there is. But they could do what Peterson's been arguing for, which is turn the... Um... You know, base the 50 over competition on the same franchise. It's a great idea. Let's have a county franchise Red Bull cricket. Shut up, Kevin. Well, I'm, you know, I've, <laughs> I would rule nothing out where the ECB is concerned. The thing is, the counties have got to vote for it. And they're idiots if they vote for more 100 expansion or franchise expansion. Yeah. And they, yeah, not, not so to be clear about franchise expansion, I don't mean the ninth team i mean yeah expanding the hundred or expanding the franchises to play 50 over cricket you know the counties would be idiots to vote this stuff through like they've got to resist well they voted the hundred through because yeah they were or didn't they vote yeah. did they vote for something and then it didn't no. wasn't it wasn't it pretty much a blank a blank ballot paper said we'll vote we'll vote for something that is good in a new short format tournament and then that was just... That'll give you all an extra 1.4 million a year in yeah, revenue. I think thought, that was... Oh, that's good. And then they just... ECB just took that as carte blanche to pretty much do whatever they liked. Well, the con the counties did have to then vote through the hundreds after the hundreds. Yeah, yeah. So, right. didn't, you know, they should have resisted. They should have they should have been stronger rather than just falling for it. And, yeah, I don't know. Here, here. Well said, Dan. So, well, I'm not sure if we... Uh, so, in answer to Lord Lupin's question, I'm not sure if we would em embrace it or not. Um, yeah, it's a tough one. All, all I can think of is there are four glorious billboards outside the county ground, and I'm sure we could crowdfund some uh, fairly strong advertising to uh, to go on those <laughs> to be in a in a anti hundred message. Maybe something to do for next year. Uh, right, oh Mark Windsor. Oh, we've just been talking about this. Do the counties vote on the sixteen point four being abolished or continue? I think that's a I think it's um, three years, isn't it? The existing agreement. I think that's. I think what yeah. I think for. it was four from twenty twenty. So so twenty twenty yeah. was cancelled. We've got this year and two more. I think. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, Sammy D, would you rather have a left-handed James Hildreth or a right-handed Marcus Truscothic? Hmm. Not really sure. <laughs> Not quite sure. I understand the point. Of your, the point of your question, your rhetoric, slightly rhetorical on, on question the basis, there, Sammy. On the basis that they, the theory always is that left-handers are supposed to be more attractive mm -hmm. to watch. The thought of a left-handed James Hildreth is quite alluring because he is probably is. one of the most attractive right-handed batsmen I've ever seen play. Yeah. With the so, uh, but I c can you imagine how destructive a right-handed Truscothic would be? It's just. Well, just frightening thought. I mean, just mm. we'll have both, and we'll have them yeah. both as nineteen-year-olds. Sam, <laughs> yeah, can, can come into well, the one-day so. side now. Yeah, yeah, because we, we love Trez, but he was never, he never personified the elegance of somebody like a Lara or a Gower, did he? He was much more stand-up no. biff. Mm. <laughs> On this day, twenty-one years ago, he made his England Test debut. I did against the West Indies. Mm-hmm. Was it that long ago? God, the feeling old, isn't it? Half, Too bad. Half, half the bloody team weren't born from Sunday. Yeah. 
Oh, God. Uh, oh, good one from Andy Cleave. Does anyone know if we're expecting Marchant back for the remaining 50 over games? Was he only he was only signed as a short-term replacement for the Trout Watsits? Yeah. Um, originally, they said that Marchant was signed for yeah, the start oh. and Wahab Riaz would eventually arrive. And I'm pretty sure I read the other day that Wahab Riaz is now in the country. Um, Trent Rocket's next game is on Friday. So it'll be interesting to see whether Wahab's mm. playing and if he's playing, then will we then have Marchant on Sunday? Or is Marchant going to stay around? Um, one other thing I did see, it contradicted the, the origin. Originally, they said DeLang is replacing Riaz. That was on the Knotts website. But I also saw separately the cricketer around that time also published an article saying that Marchant was signed for the whole tournament. So I don't know if that was wrong or or what. And as I said, I think Wahab's in the country. So I think Wahab mm. should be replacing. Oh, we'll just have Wahab Riaz send him down to talk. I'm sure he could do a job for us in the in the rule. Yeah. Anton, I have to ask, what cider have you got there? Uh, this is my own cider. This is proper Somerset cider, oh, which I made um, last uh, September, October. Oh, very good. Brewing nicely. Have you got an ABV on it or is it just as it comes? I think it's about six and a half, something like oh, that. Oh, bloody hell. Proper, proper stuff, then. Not like the. Uh, sorry, I'm on the Thatcher's Gold again. Nothing against Thatcher, but it's, oh. doesn't, it's, it's, well, we're we're doing the Thatcher's tour before the uh, Ian Botham dinner on the 16th, so we'll get some of the some of the proper stuff when we're up there. Yeah, good stuff. Oh, another one from Andy. Uh, the competition that we won't name has created plenty of divisions already among the cricket fan base. Uh, Cynic in me thinks this was ECB's plan all along. If we had a Western Storm team with matches being played at Taunton and Bristol, would you support it? Well, we did have a Western Storm team. They were called Western Storm, and they were very well supported at Taunton and Bristol. Uh, but I guess being a men's team, I think we sort of covered that. Well, it would be a, way. it would be a new. I think a new Western franchise wouldn't be called Western Storm. It yeah. would be a new identity. So it would be a bit confusing. That Western Storm would continue to exist as the women's mm. team. Yeah, but there'd be a I think they Western should be called the Western Wyverns, Dan. <laughs> yes, but it would be for narrative purposes, nothing else. And let's not forget that Western Storm isn't just the team. There is, there is a network of um, squads and pathways that come up with yes. that, that Western Storm brand. So it isn't just we're taking the Western women's team and renaming them Welsh Fire, and they're now playing at Cardiff. Um, you know, there is a, a, a pathway separate, completely from, separate yeah, entity. Yeah, and that's still going. It's you know, it's um, it's up from sort of county level through to to the Western Storm squads and and everything like that. So that that's another big difference from the hundred is that the Welsh Fire don't have that. None of the the hundred franchises have these these pathways and um, and and coaching squads that the uh, that the the pre existing KSL franchises had. So. Another reason to not like the hundred as much as we did the KSL. Well, to be fair, remember they don't need them. Remember the re the, the women's regional teams and the hundred teams are basically equivalent. You know they mm. they work together effectively. They you know yeah you know Southern Brave feed into Southern Vipers. You know that sort of things. Oh, sorry, vice versa. Sorry, mm. but um yeah, I think I don't think well, it's no, you got half the Western Storm the Western Storm team are playing for London Spirit. It's, well, yeah, it's not well, quite yeah. as cut and dried as that, but no, it's I not. That but... was all to do with the draft and everything, wasn't it? 
yeah, I don't know. The, the women's players were just sort of allocated. It was a bit wasn't very transparent. At least originally, the the, the, the England players, you know, they just sort of got allocated. And Welsh Fire ended up with uh, with some lesser known names for some reason. Um, yeah. Yeah, uh, Andy's last one. I think we've covered this. Our spectators being shortchanged by umpires. That half three start time on Sunday was particularly frustrating as grounds we couldn't do any more. Appreciate umpires have a tough job, but help information was communicated better along with reasoning for decision. Could not agree more with you there, Andy. Uh, Mike Unwin is wishing a very happy second birthday to the Somerset North blog. And on behalf of everybody who always look at the bright side of life, I'd like to wish a happy 31st birthday to Josh Davey. 31 years young today. Um, okay, moving on, moving on, moving on, moving on. Uh, Worcester have signed Matthew Wade for next year. And there was a question ah, from Giles Harrison. Um, I think Stuart Hodgkiss asked this on Facebook as well. Um, there exists a possibility that we could have several of our first team back after their teams have been eliminated from the 100 for the Royal London One Day Cup final, uh, which is uh, Thursday the 19th of August. The final group game is Welsh Fire against London Spirit. So that will be Tom Banton, a roller fander, Merva being involved in that one. So if neither of them in the playoffs and a few of our other players are not involved in the playoffs in the final, they could find themselves back at Taunton. Uh get on that coach to Trent Bridge with a bit of a select selection dilemma. Mm, what would you do? I don't think I don't think we'll have that. I, I well I had a look. I researched this question in advance and I can't see anything. Dan you're not allowed to research you researched. Oh yeah. It's all to shame there, Dan. Oh. There's, there's nothing in the regulations that says that hundred players cannot play in the fifty over competition. But I think oh, I see interesting one because the other the county we play will also have players mm. who are back. So, it's, I feel like the counties might just agree not to play them because what if one county might say, "Oh, we're going to play the players that got us here." The other might say, "No, nope, we're going to go all out to win it and play our our hundred players." But I think the counties will probably just agree, you know, come to a gentleman's agreement, you know, not to, and, think, and they'll yeah, both stick with them. Um, I think it, it wouldn't be wrong anyway to parachute in, you know, players who haven't been part of the competition. I think that you know the team that have got to the final should be allowed to play in the final. Yeah. Plus, it creates a bit of a farcical situation potentially, where yeah, one team might have you know one team might have players who are involved in the um, knockouts of the hundred, you know, so they can't use them, but the other team might have all their players been knocked out, so they can use them all. So then you've got a massive imbalance there as well. So. I think it just wouldn't be fair, really, if um, if the hundred players were allowed to play. I mean, it's the same parallel that it's, it's quite possible that our head coach will be back by that, that stage. Well, you can't the, see that he he's going to step in. And he was up in Welbury Colliery. Was he? Yeah. <laughs> All right. I saw him walking around the boundary with uh, Andy Hurry. Oh, I'm not trying okay. to steal pl more players for the Welsh Fire, was he, Anthony? <laughs> <laughs> Sonny uh, Baker got kidnapped Baker, after the game. Yeah, yeah. Right, I'm going to love you and leave you, chaps, because I've got to go and do the barbecue, otherwise I'll be in trouble. So. Oh, the barbecue. Okay. That's good. Go out. We'll catch you next week. Cheers. Yeah. See, ya. Um, See you later. I'm a bit torn on this one because it's a trophy and we want to win a trophy, we want to defend our trophy. And if you've got the likes of Tom Abel, Lewis Gregory, Craig Overton, and Tom Banton, 
sat in the subs bench and no disrespect yeah. to there's do you know what I mean I mean I, 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 I just I, don't think this will be allowed I think the, it would be a bit weird if suddenly a load of players who hadn't played all tournaments suddenly playing and yeah hmm. it's interesting because last year in 2020 the final of the 50 over competition was completely outside the hundred. it was going to be in September Mm-hmm. So I was wondering then, what's the plan going to be for that? Because surely they wouldn't just parachute all in all the hundred players and completely change the team. But I think there has to be a clear rule around this, and say that if you you have to have played at least one match in the group stage to be eligible for the final, and that is the rule for overseas players usually. Mm-hmm. I, think, I don't think it is for locals. I think you've got to come at it from the other angle, guys. You've got to. When I spoke to Ben Green for the blog, and he was saying about how they had dealt with this, the exodus at that time, where the players had all within a couple of days before I spoke to him, had left and gone off to their franchises. I, You imagine being Sonny Baker and you've, say, taken 15 wickets to get to the final. How then do you man-manage and handle saying to him, Craig Overton's back, mate, so thanks for everything you've done, but you're not playing in the final. To me, that undermines the whole culture that Ben was mm. talking to me about and that Jason Kerr and Andy Herring and Paul Tweddle have, have built up. And I think that's... I can't believe that Tom Abel would go and say to Ben Green, thanks for what you've done, I'll take over captain of this now. And and it might sound really, you know, I might have a different view if I'm at Trent Bridge in a couple of weeks' time we've lost. But I think a win in that situation might almost feel a bit tainted. Yeah, agreed. I'd say if that sounds really moralistic, everyone, I'm sorry, it's just how I feel. I, I would rather no. lose with this young side than win. And bringing, you know, all due respect, bringing Craig and Vance and Tom Abel and Co. back is not guaranteeing you're going to win it. And and then you've got to go to Sonny Baker and say, yeah, I know we brought Craig Overton back and he was naught for 60 off his 10 overs and we lost the final. It creates all kinds of man management and cultural morale problems to me. But I think you could argue against that by saying if you have had a player who's not really performed during that group stage, hasn't been scoring the runs, hasn't been taking the wickets, they're an easy sh- ship out to bring in uh, Tom Banton or Tom yeah. Abel, aren't they? So yeah. I think if, if that's the case, I'd be for it. But I completely take your point that, you know, the kids like Baker, Aldridge, um, if they do get us to the final and it looks like they are playing well enough that that's going to be a distinct possibility keep them in the side but if you are looking at a particular player who hasn't performed uh, case in point would be somebody like George Rizzell who didn't play on Sunday or didn't battle bowl on Sunday it's easy to leave him out and then bring in say a roll of Vandermeer as, as a spinner rather than keep him in the team just for keeping him in the team's sake yeah and I think the other interesting one would be if hypothetically Tom Abel is not fit enough to play any games for his franchise, maybe they release him a week early to come back to Taunton. Yeah. You know, he might even play in the semi-final then if he's fit enough. You know, Of course, are you going to risk someone in a 50-over game? That's so You've got all those considerations. But I think Dan's right. I think there must be almost a gentleman's agreement behind the scenes here because, you know... Yeah. Who do we think that gentleman's agreement might be with? <laughs> um, I, I suspect the way yeah. <laughs> the way things work, I suspect that in this time next week there will be calls between the Andy Hurries of each club of the, the 
six or seven or eight teams who are in the shout. Mm -hmm. I'm sure that will happen. But to be honest, there may have been something, the ECB may have already made a directive behind the scenes that you know you have to have played you know one game group stage or something i think i feel like there must be something that's dealt with this already like they would have noticed i think you're good with respect dan and... i think you're giving the ecb a little too much credit <laughs> for thinking things through mm. yeah yeah true true yeah and there's always that or at least name a squad at the start of well no it's too late to Name a for say squad of fifteen at the start of the tournament. They can't do that because people get keep getting dragged in, yeah, don't they? There's exactly. been more people that have been called up, and then you're doubly penalising a side that has a player called up into the one of the franchises. Yeah, exactly. Well, I suppose any amendments to that squad would have to be ratified by mm. by the powers that be. Mm. I think that's uh, I think that's it for questions. Um. Uh, there's one Simon Hancock asked about leg spinners in the academy oh I missed that one he says um, yeah. I can read it if you want he says right. um, do we have any young yeah. leg spinners in the academy who's going to replace Max Waller every good every good T20 team needs a good leggy maybe that's what our next overseas signing should be yeah can't really disagree with that I think the key word in that question is a good leggy I don't want to have a leggy in for having a leggy's sake yeah and Although Max isn't Max isn't going anywhere as far as I'm aware, and he's not a leg spinner if you ask him as well. <laughs> so, oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. But I mean, yeah. when, you know, we've got Max and Rolla for you know they're both in the thirties. We're into the thirties now, so they yeah, be around what's... forever. And obviously, Leach is thirty now, so you know Leach might take over for them in T20 for a bit. Yeah, Max? But then, yeah. um, Max is thirty-three now, so in T20 terms, he's got another five years in the bank. Yeah. So yeah, oh, interesting. Least, yeah. I think it's the off spinner that we need in Championship and. Uh, 50 over cricket we need to find an off spinner from somewhere maybe that's why George Bartlett's being rested because he's actually going through intensive <laughs> coaching get his get his off spinning up to, to standard if his standard is that moon ball that was uh, doing the rounds on social media I think he needs uh, he needs a lot of work so mm. um, I prefer him to work on his batting to be honest um, if that's the last listener's question do we have any other business guys um no, I don't think so. No. Dan, you're not doing um, your... just Sorry, Steve, go on. Sorry, go on. I was just gonna say, um if you haven't had a look yet, please have a look at the blog. We've done quite a lot of work um to make it much better looking on the mobiles as well. So there's a big upgrade that's happened over the last few days to it. Um and I'm really really grateful for everyone that's that's given me comments and feedback so far but please i really welcome stuff i'm trying to encourage more people to write for the site and you know hopefully what i've done has has improved it but if there's anything else people think should be tweaked please get in touch and that's somersetnorth.co.uk yep great so pop on to somersetnorth.co.uk after you've finished listening to this podcast which we're ending very shortly Unless Dan has got a lengthy topic of conversation for us. Were you just going to ask whether I'm going to Northampton? I so, was, yeah. Yeah, because that is the plan. Yeah, we are going to try and go. Um, we're going to see, wait wait for the weather forecast, obviously. And, and we probably won't risk it this time. That'd be the, the, on Friday. But <laughs> I think if there's any rain around, we probably won't go. But the forecast at the moment is just so low chance of showers. So hopefully mm. we can get the chance to go. And it'll be my 15th ground, 15th out of the 18 county grounds. So I'm... Um, Oh, Hope, looking forward to hopefully ticking it off. I've, uh, I'm not sure what I'm doing Sunday, but I've uh, I've had some new anti-inflammatories 
from the doctor today, so I might be back on the park Saturday afternoon, which would uh, certainly put any uh, put pay to any trip to Northampton because I don't do that two days in a row. <laughs> well, you might be in traction by Sunday. Oh, then. I might be. I'll be glad to have got a game under my belt though. <laughs> Thought my career was over in the week. Um, cool. I think that's it. So yeah, I'm probably about between an. 0.5 and 1% chance of going up to Northampton Dan but if I do see you there I'll, uh, I'll see you there I'll show you Anthony can uh, keep you company from the commentary box if you're uh, uh, just knock on the door say you know who he is and he'll let you in um, <laughs> cool uh, right so we'll be back what probably Monday next week I think we said in between those mm-hmm. after those two games and then we got the final two group games after that and then we should know what we're doing with regards to the quarters, semis and the final. Uh, if you want to give us a follow on Twitter, we're at Somerset Podcast, facebook.com slash Somerset Podcast and if you want to send your drawings of Anthony Gibson's customised pod into us, you can do that by scanning them an email into the Somerset Podcast at gmail.com uh, But for Steve and Dan and Anthony who's off uh, barbecue and I hope he's got one of those aprons that's got like a sexy lingerie on it comedy sexy lingerie drinking his 6.5 percent cider it's not to... an image i want to conjure thank well, you i might have to message him and see if he can bring me a bottle or two up to taunton uh, next time and i'll uh, i'll grab it off him so i can uh, stop drinking the thatcher's gold and drink some proper cider as he might say but uh if we haven't got anything else we will catch you next week see you later everyone <laughs>